Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is, <laughs> Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. So it's going to be a short one today. I'm a dead man walking right now. Um, very little sleep last couple of days. You've been collaring freaking whitetails. Yeah, and incredibly Carolina, South Carolina? North Carolina, yeah. We're in the Raleigh area helping with a uh, study with uh, NC State. It's a, it's a cool study. It's a, the urban-suburban-rural mix of deer. So we, mm. collared, mm. we collared a whitetail buck 45 yards from someone's back door, like in a, in a neighborhood, so- not a farm, like in a neighborhood, essentially. That the was were the drugs like super quick and nope. effective because I was thinking I was thinking about like you shoot them then what happens you have to go find them yeah yeah and uh, we we didn't ha- they haven't had any real instances of like being on someone's front porch when they find the deer um, but it's possible from the area I think they've gotten lucky they're doing some netting too so obviously the netting eliminates that risk a little bit but the purpose of the study is how these deer, you know, move through these urban and suburban areas 
Mm-hmm. And so that's very much, there's definitely some door knocking that uh, Micaiah, Micaiah McGinn, who is Daryl Carver's daughter, is leading this study for her PhD. Um, and they did a lot of door knocking and letting people know, because also. And what were people's reactions? Um, I think pretty positive um, for the most part. You know, you're in North Carolina, so at least you're not in, you know, San Francisco trying to do it, where I think that the mm-hmm. social construct would be a little bit different. Um, several, like you're also sitting in the crew waiting for there to get the call that a deer has been tagged. You're basically just sitting on a street in a neighborhood. Um, right. And so, Not suspicious. At no, all, right? it, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was very, very <laughs> awkward. Also in the, in the end of April, when no deer season is in, when you pull up and the tech is in camouflage and has a gun and a climbing tree stand and goes walking into this little bitty state park that's right in the middle of this neighborhood, you get a fair amount of looks, but it's North Carolina. Like people came out and offered us drinks and snacks and stuff while we were sitting there waiting. Awesome. Yeah. So. Oh, that's awesome. How many deer did you find? Uh, did you end up? Um, I was actually just a part of one successfully, but seven in the time that I was here or seven or eight. Um, she's nice. two does. Um, short of the actual goal. Um, really weird thing. And the cool thing, um, that they, they have to stop on does because they're entering a certain. They're far enough into gestation for this year's cycle mm-hmm. that they don't want to stress them out any. Um, but mm-hmm. can keep going on bucks. I, I think I believe she told me that they have seventy nine collared right now. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then the GPS data is like the the gps sends down a file that you download and then open it in google earth um and so and the does um they're getting a signal every hour so the the data is incredible with the the dots and stuff that that was maybe as much fun for me as the actual collaring was like looking at the data and the travel patterns Mm -hmm. of the of the deer that they've had tagged since January. So no, very cool experience. Mm-hmm. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. We didn't get to any text messages last week. Uh, there's two, one from Rob that says the continuing in this whole, like, do you wash any of the new shirts that you buy? I have a new shirt on that I received from Vortex, right. not washed. It is on my body. Uh, Rob says he doesn't wash pants or shirts either, but Underwear and undershirts, he certainly <laughs> washes. So the things that uh, the things that are going to get uh, up against his body, he's definitely definitely putting through the side. A shirt? Well, I, I don't think I've ever worn an undershirt in my life. I guess it's just a part of how you were brought up and where you were brought up. I just undershirts was not a thing where we grew up. You wearing an undershirt there? Absolutely, exactly. I always have one on. I don't have any idea why. Totally subconscious choice. If if I put a long if I put a button up on short or long sleeve, I put a shirt underneath it. Do you remember a time where you would you oh, never had a Yeah, I literally on? said I don't know why and now it was the Marine Corps. You know, um I spent 4 years of I had to have a t-shirt on no matter what I was wearing besides that. Um, and that's probably what established it. Cause I don't believe that I did it before that, but I never analyzed it either. Crazy, crazy. Uh, then we have a text from Dave episode 208 was fantastic. Really enjoyed Cody and Jen's energy and discussion. 
Uh, something that was brought up that everyone, uh, people assume that everything in Africa is corrupt. It's an idea that I've been thinking about for a little, uh, for the last year. It seems almost racist for predominantly white groups to say that they can't manage their wildlife correctly. So they better do it for them. You know, I wouldn't call it racist, but there's certainly a colonialist attitude, uh, neo-colonialism tied to the idea that the Western world has a better idea of how to manage the resources that Africa has, number one. And interestingly enough, when you compare the biodiversity of Africa to the biodiversity, say, of the UK, who's done the better job of managing their biodiversity? Yeah, 100%. That, that neo-colonialism thing is huge to me. And though it's really weird is the other side uses it. The other side calls hunters that go over there colonialists um, when it makes zero sense. to None of that logic um, stands on its own merit at all. Um, but yeah, I, I very much think it's a it's a colonialist attitude of you Africans are doing this wrong. Um, and yeah. uh, no, we do have one other text that I just got yesterday that I wanted to hit real quick because I think it may end up leading to uh, us having to have Tim back as a guest. Tim's been a guest in one of our best uh, contributors on the text messages, which the number is 620-860-4804. But Tim got back to uh, our discussion about the Tennessee ruling on game wardens. Um, and Tim says that was quite a roundup. The discussion was interesting. And I think Cody and I would have an interesting discussion on the Tennessee ruling. My opinion, of course, coming from the perspective of a former conservation officer. Keep up the good work, Tim again. Yeah, that'd be a hell of a might, conversation. Uh, might have to bring Tim on and get into the whole uh, discussion about the Tennessee ruling on game wardens' right to access to private ground. It's not just Tennessee game wardens, though, the way that you described it, any game warden. Right? I believe that that was a federal ruling. I think it's called the Open Fields Doctrine um, that that was kind of a federal ruling that gave that, – uh, not a ruling, it was a, uh, a precedent um, in the sense that no one made a law, but there was a precedent set. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, send Tim a, I'll send Tim a message here and maybe we'll have a conversation about it. Heck yeah. Well, we want to talk specifically today on the Roundup about one thing. We're not going to discuss any articles. We're not going to discuss any news. But we wanted to just uh, give everyone that listens to this podcast an update on our Arkansas Black Bear Collaring Project. It's the first big project that we have released this year uh, from a Blood Origins perspective, specifically a peer-to-peer -peer fundraising campaign. Uh, these are the things that we like to do. We like to sort of do a grassroots fundraising effort that engages all of the supporters, engages teams, and gets people involved in a very, very cool conservation project. And this one specifically couldn't be better. This is hunters getting behind the idea that we need better science, we need better data for black bear management in the state of Arkansas. And the state of Arkansas reached out to us and said, we'd love to help. We said, no problems. So the fundraiser has been out for a week and a day, yep. right? And uh, we have raised, we, have, we were looking to raise $70,000. It's a four-week fundraising campaign. We've already raised nearly just over 33,000. Yeah, 33,069 at the time of recording here, um, which is awesome and incredible. Um, also, we have matching funds. Um, a big thing is if you hear this and then you go to the Blood Origins website 
and go into that fundraiser and you're thinking about creating a team, there is still almost half of the matching dollars left. So some of the scoreboard numbers are going to look a little bit daunting, but just realize that uh, until we get to the $60,000 mark, every dollar you raise will be doubled. Um, So you can, you can, those, those folks uh, that are on the scoreboard now, you can go in and still make a team. I think personally um, the coolest prizes that we've ever offered in a fundraising competition that you're going to, the four members of both the first and the second place team um, are going to be able to go and be involved in this project, be involved in collaring bears, um, potentially be involved in dinning some bears, working with bear cubs. Um, to me, it's the coolest prize that we've ever offered is where, as well as bear beans coffee coming in and providing coffee to all of the participants in the top five teams. Um, Canis athlete yep, gift Canis. cards. Canis athlete uh, is out of Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, well, it's not Little Rock, just outside of Little Rock, but they've decided to give us a bunch of gift cards, $500 gift cards, $300 gift cards. What I love, though, about this is obviously those two expeditions you talked about are things that you can't buy and you can't do them. You can't just like, hey, can I do that? You can't. Right. Okay. The other thing that is, is coming to light in these competitions that we create is that people create their own raffles within their right. own teams to generate money, right? So we've got the Howl for Wildlife team that currently has like a knife. If you put a $10 donation in, you get put into a raffle for a knife. If you put a $50 donation in, you get put in for a brand new Bowtech bow. That's $1,500. Um, there's another there's another team on that page for Howl for Wildlife that is doing a four to one match. Well, it's three to one match really, but they're matching any donation, which is then matched by the Cabela's and Ledger Tranche match. Um, I do know on the the word on the street is that the Howl for Wildlife team is is getting a, a boost with the team from last year, Team Spice Boys, is about to join Howl for Wildlife, and they're going to have a thermal hog hunt put up can't beat that there's all kinds of opportunities to get rewards here um as well as you know the biggest reward of showing the world that hunters will step up and and reach into their checkbooks to uh to benefit good science and biology around managing our wildlife and uh no it's an exciting thing this is exactly the kind of stuff i like to be doing now, there's another team called Guard the Gate, which is being uh, run by the um, the bear hunting magazine crew, Colby Moorhead. And they've got actually two uh, raffle pieces tied into what they're doing. Uh, they have two hunts up for grabs. The first one is an, a good old-fashioned coon hunt with uh, a guy called Brent Reeves uh, and his hound Wayland. In Arkansas, supposedly some legends. Clay Newcomb hunts with this guy all They're the time. Brent, and Brent is have- my favorite character on the Bear Grease podcast. Brent, Brent's a regular on the Bear Grease render um, and kind of brings this uh, – I, I don't want to use the word old, but I have to because Brent makes you think just this old, ornery Southern gentleman um, who hypes his dog Waylon a lot. So that's that's that – is- if you listen to the Bear Grease podcast, it is a chance to go coon hunting with Brent and Waylon. And then the second one is a hog hunt in East Texas with David McDaniels at Foul Boar Outfitters. 
and both hunts will have a fish fry. Yeah. Just throw yeah, it in. Just, they're getting, they're getting uh, southern to the core on the uh, guard the gate contest or team. Yeah, and, and really here it is. The person with the biggest donation will get to choose which hunt they'd like to go on. Everyone else, no matter the amount donated, will be put into a random draw for the remaining hunt. Can't beat that, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. So the whole, the whole, you can go to uh, the Blood Origins podcast. Or I'm sorry, the Blood Origins website. Um, work your way through projects to the Arkansas Black Bear Project, and then you can make one of two choices. You can choose to donate or join one of the teams that exists there. Or again, don't let that scoreboard scare you because everything's getting matched and doubled. You can form your own team and decide what you want to do. Um, Still yeah, got three weeks. There's still three weeks worth of time and about $26,000 right. out there that still need right. to be put together. So it's uh, still a big opportunity for that. Go check it out. Um, if you're, uh, you know, there's, there's a million different ways to get there. That you can go through our link tree and our Instagram profile. You can go to the Blood Origins website and go to projects and find the Arkansas Black Bear Project very easily. Um, Go check it out. Some very cool prizes and some like literally once in a lifetime kind of experiences to uh, to be had for some folks there. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm excited about it, man. I actually got a call uh, two or three days ago from someone saying, "Hey, would you be willing to like talk to this department? I'm not going to name the state." Um, because they saw your Black Bear project and they're interested in seeing if you could do the same thing for them. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that concept too because we're helping, you know, the, the vast range of reach that the help is. I, I like helping the public entities with these kinds of projects. Not that I don't like helping private entities and the things that we pull off there, um, but we're helping black bear hunting across the state of Arkansas. When I say we, I mean, those of you participating in this fundraiser are uh, taking the scientists in charge of these animals and amplifying their efforts a little bit um, through a fun little fundraising competition. 100%, 100%. One of the things that we, I want to make sure that we put out there is that a lot of people are like, why why are you guys doing this? Don't, don't the states have money? Don't they have, you know, Pittman Robertson money that we talk, constantly talk about coming into the state to be able to do this kind of stuff? The answer is absolutely yes. They do have PR dollars coming in, but they have also a wish list and a laundry list of projects that they want to do that way outstrip the amount of PR dollars coming into every state. And every state department of wildlife and fisheries has the same laundry list of projects that they would love to do they just don't have enough money to do it. So when we reached out to Arkansas, we asked them, like, what is number one? What is the priority number one project that you could, if we could do it, that you would it would help you? And this is it. Not only do they so, have money, the state of Arkansas has done an incredible job with bear recovery. This isn't this isn't mm-hmm. us just giving them a boost to do more because they're they're, you know, they have the exact same story. Um in black bears that most of the states, you know, in the eastern half of the United States have. We we depleted them um, horribly with overhunting and market hunting 100 to 150 years ago. You get even further back over there. You get back into Daniel Boone, who was doing his thing 
but you know, going out on a trip and bringing 60, 70 bear rugs back. Um, and they've done an incredible job. They've brought it back to where there's a hunting season in the majority of the state and they just have more science to do to keep understanding and growing and we're just giving them a boost. Exactly, exactly. So go support them. Go support us. Uh, simple donation, five bucks, 10 bucks. It's, it's doubled at this stage of the game. And um, if you don't have any money, okay, just share the crap out of it. Send it to every single person you know. And uh, let's let's do this. Let's get to the money. And the problem. Anything else? No, I don't think so, man. That's our that's our focus for the week. Um, again, text messages if you have thoughts about it, 620-860-4804. Send us an email, the info at bloodorigins.com. And uh, let us know what you think. Talking about emails, did you see the email we got where it was a hectic email? It was very good. Hectic email uh, that someone just that wrote to uh, a prior podcast guest on the elephant issue, Andrew, uh, talking about genetics and whatnot. It was a fascinating email. And then at the end, we got chastised too. Uh, not we. Uh, I got chastised. Right. Right. <laughs> you shouldn't let him rant and rave. And I, you know, I, I emailed him back and I said, look, um, you're right that, you know, there's certain topics that I could have pushed back on, but we like to enjoy and di- we like to have dialogue with people and you can't really push your agenda or it's a tough, it's a tough position to be in because you want to hear the other side. You want to give them an opportunity to be heard with some gentle prodding, but not, you know, you're absolutely wrong. And at the end of the day, I'm not a wildlife geneticist. And I have a very small amount of knowledge. Even then, I had even less knowledge about wildlife genetics than I have today. So I didn't want to be talking out of my lane on... Forging a respectful relationship with people that you disagree with can at times be more productive than winning a single bullet point on this podcast. There's no doubt about that. And... The, the, the email was correct. There was some times that I, you know, I, I'm the hot headed one that I said, like, Robbie, you should have jumped his ass on that. It's not right. And but at the same time, letting them speak, getting it out, um, also being completely open to the fact that, like you just said, we don't know everything. We don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, we we I, I lose I appear to lose in social media battles a lot. And sometimes it's just, you know what? I'm going to be respectful to this person over right here on this particular post needing to win the debate with him. Um, And I know there's folks out there. We get the emails of people that disagree with us that we're too nice to people. Um, But it works. It's our respect is uh, respect is paramount. Exactly. Exactly. Well, safe travel home, my friend. You we'll chat later in the week. How many did you you missed every turkey in Texas or just the one? <laughs> I killed him. The same one. You're gonna lay you're gonna lay down this is the same turkey. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. One thousand percent. You know why? Um, because I told the guy in the morning, I I had a feeling I shot him. And I was like, I need we need to go look for this turkey. And we couldn't find him. And uh, that was at 7.30 in the morning. 
at five o'clock, 5.25 that afternoon, we were driving up on the little escarpment of this place. And there were two Toms in the road, a couple of, you know, a hundred yards away. I said, stop the truck. I want to spot and stalk those two birds right now. So stop the truck. The one bird went off to the right. One bird went off to the left. I decided to go after the one on the right. Spot and stalked him. Got in close. He started popping at me, waited for him to come in the gap, shot him. That bird had a bloody backside from my second shot. It was the same bird. And I was redemption. It was like, wow, I can't believe it. Of all the freaking birds on this property, it was the same bird. What don't you believe about it? I don't not believe it. I just... It was a terrible second shot. And... What about the first was, shot? The first shot went over his head. So it was worse than the second shot, actually. Yeah, yeah. The first shot went way over the head, and the second one was him running away from me. Yeah, that running and, away shot, especially if he drops his head down on you, is tough. Yeah, exactly. And that's where... So it was right, like, along his back. And that's where the, 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 the gunshot wound was. So it was like redemption with the perfect... Perfect day of hunting. It was literally the. It was a great day of hunting. Excellent. But I got my Texas. Bird. I'm glad to hear it. I thought Texas turkeys were going to be your next main black bear, but I'm glad to hear that they're not. No, I only have one nemesis: <laughs> main black bears. <laughs> See ya. Sounds good. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening. As always, leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.